I'm excited this morning because I get to announce our speaker this morning. For those that are maybe guests here, uh, normally I'm the one preaching, uh, but once a year my wife calls me up out of retirement to come lead worship again, so to help out. So I got to do a little worship leading this morning, uh, but I get to invite my favorite speaker up. Many of you know uh, Amber and love her, but I would just say uh, you get to see her on a stage. Uh, and you're like, oh, she's so real and so honest and so raw and just connects with people so well. But I get to watch her all the rest of the time, and that's just who she is. God has gifted her that way, and she has an ability to, to make people feel seen and loved and cared for. And, uh, and despite the fact that, you know, we have a congregation of so many people, yet she continues to do that. And people want to be her friend for that reason because she is so loving toward them and caring toward them. And so uh, she also has the ability to speak wisdom into our life. She says that how it is, and this morning I know what she's going to be sharing, and she's got a word for every one of us, men and women alike. There's a word for you today. So can you give it up for my wife, Amber Lins? Thank you. Love you. Well, good morning. Great. I'm going to have you stay here. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm going to have Greg stay here because it is Mother's Day, and it's not Mother's Day without some fun gifts, right? Because I apparently like to go to Target all the time. So we're going to do that first. So if you are, all you have to do is raise your hand and Greg's going to run it to you. The first person he sees. All right. If you just had a baby within like, you're a first time mom, you just had a baby. They're like, way back there, go. All right. If you are a mom and you were invited to come to Zoe Church by a kid today, raise your hand. Greg, I don't know, somebody. All right. Well, happy Mother's Day as Greg's still running around. Okay, there we go. I get distracted very easily. But I'm just so glad that you guys are here with us today. And I want to honor all the moms in the room. Guys, moms, it is the hardest, most rewarding job that we will ever have, right? And as a mom, you are on call at all times. So if you are a mom in this room, would you please stand up? We want to honor you. Don't be shy, moms. Yeah. You guys, keep standing. Don't sit down. You guys are what keeps our homes running. And without you, it would be a, this world would be a crazy place, wouldn't it? So moms, I just want to say a, pray a blessing over you right now. God, I thank you for every mom in this room and every mom watching online. God, I pray that you will give them strength today. Maybe they walk in here tired and burnt out. I will... I just pray that they will know that they are loved and that they are worthy and that it's okay to have a day that's all about them. I pray that you will bless them extra today, and in your name I pray, amen. amen. All right. Well, I can't start my message without honoring my own mom. My mom is my hero, and I'm going to try not to cry today. I'm not usually a crier, but there's going to be a picture that comes up of her. My mom is a rock. She is amazing. She is the most grace-filled, loving person I have ever known. When I want her to be mad about things, she doesn't get mad. She, I'm like, Mom, that should make you razzled. She's like, nothing makes her razzled. She trusts Jesus more than anybody I know. And she's walked through some really hard seasons. She retired a couple years ago. And last year I shared how she took care of her own mom to her dying days. And this year I've watched her bury a lot of close friends in her life and she never stopped trusting jesus in all of that and so mom happy mother's day i love you so much i wish i could be with you today but i can't so here we go all right and also before i move on i just want to talk about one thing 
I know there are women in this room and you're not a mom and you wish that you were. Or you are having a hard time getting pregnant and you want a baby so bad. Or maybe you're just not even to that season yet. I want you to know that God sees you. That he has a plan and a purpose for you. And sometimes being a mom looks different. And so I just pray that you are blessed today. So as we begin, like Greg said, I am very transparent. And you might see me get pretty excited today. But I'm going to be transparent with you today. And I'm going to tell you something that you maybe don't know about me. So are you ready for this? I am a worrywart. I literally worry about almost everything. I overthink things. I get fearful of things. It's just, it's literally been something about me since I was a little kid. Like literally my family won't tell me important news until they have to because they don't want me to worry. And I'm like, that makes me really angry, by the way. I'm like, I will not worry. They're like, right. And then of course I worry. So a few weeks ago was like the very first nice day and the kids didn't have school. And Levi and Diella, Levi is my 13-year-old, and Diella is the little girl who likes to go to Target with her mom. <laughs> anyways, Asher was on there too, but he didn't have a whole lot to say. So anyways, <laughs> Levi and Diella asked if they can go on a bike ride, and I'm like, nope, nope, you're not going to go to the, but they wanted to go to the gas station. The gas station is literally like a half mile from my house, and mind you, Levi is 13. So I, I know how ridiculous this sounds when I'm saying it. But they're like, we want to go to the gas station. Please, mom, please, mom. I'm like, no, no. They're like, why, mom? You worry about everything. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, you are right. You are not wrong about that. And maybe there are other moms in this room that know exactly how that feels. And it is hard to let your kids go. And mine aren't even like teenager teenagers yet. So I don't know how you let your kids drive cars. I just don't know. <laughs> I am worried about bikes right now. Because I'm thinking, I hope they won't talk to strangers. What if they fall off their bike? What if a car doesn't see them? You know, I'm like, worst case scenario, almost immediately. That's always how I am. And fear can take over so stinking fast. So I obviously, I let them go. And 30 minutes later, I get this selfie from Levi and Viella. <laughs> and he took her to the gas station. And he bought her ice cream with his own money. And I had this moment like, ugh, I, I have to be able to let my kids go in order to learn things. But I'm gonna have to get over the fear part, you know? And I know that most of you can relate. Maybe you're like, oh, Amber, no, that's just you. I know for a fact, many of you can relate. This is one thing that Greg and I hear about on a daily basis, is how fear and anxiety take over and cripple people in this congregation, and it clearly me too. And it's something that I know that we all battle and can battle. And fear can take over and dominate our thinking just like that. Anxiety cripples us, insecurities, they will hold us back from what the things that we know that we're called to do. Learning to trust is a battle we all have to fight. It's a battle we all have to fight. And it's not just with kids. It's with everything. It's trusting God with everything. Every circumstance, every blessing, every question, every challenge, the known, the unknown, leaving it all in his hands is so hard. It's a lot easier said than done. And if we're honest, it's hard to trust God when you're in it. You know what I mean? Like, you can be like, oh, God, I trust you. I can stand up here and be like, I trust God. But then when I'm in a storm, I, it is so stinking hard to trust. 
I don't know about you, but I do not want to be controlled by fear. Because fear will hold you back from all that God has called you to. Fear will hold your families back from all that God has called them to. And you know what happens with fear? It trickles. So if I'm walking around fearful, it's going to trickle through my family and the rest of them are going to feel it. And I don't want to live like that because God has more for me. He has more for you. And today, I want to challenge the women, but I also want to challenge the men in this room. God has something for you today. I have been praying like crazy these last couple of weeks, and I know that God wants to speak to you. He's not done with you yet. And some of you, you just need to hear that. You've walked in this room and you're like, God, what could you possibly have for me? I'm here because my mom made me, or I'm here because I go to church on Sunday. God's not done with you yet. And he wants to speak to you in a new way. And he wants to work in your life in a new way. And he wants to move in your story. Are you going to let him? That's the big question. And this morning, uh, I'm going to lead us to a story in the Old Testament. Uh, it's a story of faith and encouragement. No matter where you are at in life, God has a word for you. And so I challenge you to open your ears, open your hearts, to wake up for just a few minutes and listen to what God has for you. So if you got your Bible, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 through 3. And if you will, just stand with me. This is just what we do. When we read our primary text, we stand to honor God's word. Because what he has to say matters way more than what I have to say. All right, Exodus chapter 2. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to his son. When she saw that he was a fine child... She hid, from, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no more, she took a papyrus basket and coated it with tar. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile River. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you will speak today. God, that people in this room that need to hear your voice, that they will hear you so crystal clear today. That this will be a day where lives are changed. And everything that, I count, that comes from my mouth, let it be honoring and glorifying to you. In your name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. So we're going to talk about a story that I'm sure many of you have heard of. Uh, we're going to talk about the story of Moses. Only we aren't going to talk about Moses. We are going to talk about Moses' mom. And I honestly didn't really know a whole lot about Moses' mom. And there's not a whole lot we do know about Moses' mom. But it is so easy, as I've been studying her, I'm like, it is so easy to gloss over stories in the Bible and not and miss the power of what's really going on and what's really happening. These are real-life people who experienced real-life things. And it's easy to forget that. When you look at this story in particular, you see the strength and the power of a woman who had to trust God, but it's easy to miss that. It's easy to miss that. And before we get to our story, we need a little context of what's happening here. In Exodus chapter 1, we find out there is a new king in Egypt. And this king is unlike the former leaders. Uh, he hates the Israelites, like does not like them at all. He despises them. He's afraid of them. And they had grown too much, too many, too fast. And he makes this awful proclamation that every boy born to a Hebrew woman must be killed. And so this is where our story picks up in chapter 2. 
And as we look at this story, I have two points that I really just don't want you to miss. And obviously, I will end with a big so what, because that's what we do here at Zoe Church. And that's what my husband said I will do. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't. <laughs> you know I don't listen to him. Uh, <laughs> But my first point is trust God with what seems impossible. Ugh. I'm just going to say, side note, everything I'm speaking about today, I do not have down, okay? I am a work in progress just like you. And I am walking through things just like you. So I want to just say, like, oh, Amber, she's probably got it all together. She knows exactly what she's saying. Nope, I don't. I'm just being obedient to what the Lord has told me to do, okay? Side note. All right. So trust God with what seems impossible. The circumstances Moses' mom found herself in seems literally impossible. Like I cannot wrap my brain around this situation that she is in. And uh, as you go through scripture, in this text it doesn't say Moses' mom's name, but in chapter 6 it does. Her name is Jacobed, and I probably said it wrong, so we're calling her Jacobed today, okay? That's what her name is, Jacobed. And Jacobed was a really wise woman. She was righteous and she feared the Lord. She was actually the mom of three amazing leaders, Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. And just imagine this position that Jacobed is put in. She had just carried her baby for nine months. And she doesn't know, you know, when she has this baby, if it's a boy or a girl. And when she finds out if it is a boy, that boy will be murdered. And the day comes that she has this baby, and she obviously learns that it's a boy. And even though, like, the day you have a child should be a very exciting day, I can't imagine how devastating that was to her. She knew what was about to happen. So she did what any mom would do. She hid that baby boy. And she hid that baby for three months. I mean, you guys, a baby is not quiet, and if you tell them to be quiet, they will not be quiet. I do not know how she hid the baby for three months, but she did. And she, as she did that, as she hid the baby, she put not only herself in danger, but she put her whole family in danger. But she was willing to do it. She was willing to trust God because she knew that if she trusted God in a circumstance that seemed impossible, God would show himself real. And that's what she did. She was a human being just like us. I'm going to keep saying that because I think we can forget that. I forget that. She had to feel all the things. I bet you she had extreme stress. I bet you she was crippled with anxiety. I bet you she was mad. I bet you she was sad. She probably felt all the things that we feel today. But through it all, through it all, she trusted God. She trusted that he had a plan and a purpose in this horrible circumstance that she was in. When I was pregnant with each of our kids, like many of you, there's a different story for each of them. Uh, when I was uh, pregnant with Levi, our firstborn, 13 years ago, uh, I was six months pregnant and our house burnt down. We lost almost everything. It was a house fire. It was obviously traumatic. And I can remember standing in our backyard thinking, like, seriously, God? Like, I'm supposed to be, like, nesting. That's what people say. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is our first kid, and my house is literally gone. I have nothing. You, you know, in a time like that, you're like, God, what? What is your plan and your purpose? How is this good? Fast forward, I get pregnant a few years later with our son, Asher. 
Asher has been my spitfire since the day <laughs> he was in my stomach. Uh, I found out at 24 weeks that uh, it was a possible that it was possible that I was going to lose Asher. And I remember going to that doctor's appointment so scared. And they, at that time, they said that there was nothing they could do if I were to have him. He would die. And uh, I was put on strict bed rest for the next 12 weeks. I couldn't do anything. I got to choose if I had dinner at the table or I took a shower. But I was down flat for 12 weeks. Meanwhile, Greg was struggling um, pretty severely with his own health. And it was one of those times where you're like, okay, God, I guess I'm going to trust you because I don't know what else to do. But where the heck are you? You know? A couple years later, I get pregnant with Diella. And we find out she's a girl. And literally, clearly, I was over the moon because I needed a shopping partner, obviously. <laughs> uh, but a couple weeks into my pregnancy, I, I was on bed rest with her because I had some of the same complications as I did with Asher. But I found out that I had a virus called CMV that was very, could very much affect her. And fear and anxiety, man, it took over like never before. And I honestly, it took me years to probably even admit that, but I felt like it was punishment uh, for the things and for the way I had lived my life. This is what you get, Amber. You thought that your past would never catch up. Well, here it is. And I struggled. But God always shows up always. Even when things don't make sense, he shows up. Even when you don't even see what could be coming, he shows up. He is always working, always. Not always how we think he's gonna, but he is always working. And in every one of my pregnancies, God showed up. Our house fire was literally one of the biggest blessings ever in our life. And until this day, we are still receiving blessings from that house fire. And I could stay here all morning and tell you all the things that I won't. But it's crazy because something that was a disaster, God turned into something beautiful. And at the time, I couldn't see it. With Asher, I was on strict bed rest. Like I said, I had a two-year-old. Levi was two at the time. And Greg had to work. And there was a girl who came to my house every single day. She had three kids of her own. She swept our floors and folded our clothes and made us dinner and cleaned our bathrooms. And she became my best friend. And 13 years later, she is my very best friend in the whole world. And I never would have thought that that's what I would get from that. And now we are there for one another. We raise our families together. Like life without her would be so hard. And I think, God, in a circumstance that seemed to be hopeless, you showed up. With Diella, I was crippled in fe with fear and anxiety. There were many times I would have to go to the emergency room because I thought I was having a heart attack when really I was having a panic attack. I was crippled with fear. And I had, no, I, I had no choice but to trust God. I had no choice but to say, God, you love this baby girl more than I could ever love her. And so I give her to you. And in those moments and in that pregnancy, I experienced God's nearness like never before. I learned how to trust him like never before. Things don't always turn out the way we want them to. They don't. I could stand up here and tell you stories of disappointments. Things that I begged God to do. People I begged God to heal, and I never got to see that here on earth. But I always, I know that he is near the brokenhearted. 
And we can trust that no matter what we are going through. Trust God with what seems impossible. And what, se what seems impossible for you today? In a room this big, I know that there are many of you that walked in here with things that seem impossible. You wonder if God's going to come through for you. You're calling out to him and you think you trust him, but you're not really sure. Keep calling. He has a plan and a purpose far bigger than you will ever see. But you have to start with trusting him. You have to give him the big stuff. You have to give him the small stuff. You have to say, okay, God, I'm going to lay it all down at your feet. I'm going to trust you with what seems impossible. My second point is trust God with the details. This is a hard one for me. <laughs> Jochebed has spent three months hiding this little baby. Three months. And but when she couldn't hide Moses any longer, she had to release this child into God's hands. Talk about trust God with the details. It says that she took a basket, kind of like this one, only not because this is probably from Walmart, and that one is cooler. I wish I could have a real one, but we live in Minnesota, so you can't find one of those. But it says she made a basket and put tar in it so it would float, and she places her baby in this basket and places it in the Nile River. I mean, I can't even, I can't even imagine what that was like. I can't even wrap my brain around it. This baby that she had worked so hard to feed and keep alive and keep safe, she now had to release this baby in order to save his life. And I don't know how Jacobed ever brought herself to let go of this little basket. Walking down to the river, lays it in the river, and watches her baby boy float away. I'm sure she just stood there and cried, right? But the courage this woman had is amazing. She had no choice but to put Moses into God's hands and say, God, I give you him. I follow your plan, even though it doesn't make sense, even though I can't see the whole picture, even though I don't know how you're going to work this out, I'm going to trust you. And oftentimes, that's what it looks like to trust God. You have to place things in a basket and say, God, I don't see the future. I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I give you all the things that I'm carrying. And as you know, Miriam, Moses' sister, is keeping watch over her little brother as he's floating down the river. And I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, the Nile River is actually super, super dangerous. It's usually pretty wavy. There are giant snakes, hippos, branches. Like this isn't like this cute little stream. This is like a dangerous river. And as Moses floats down this river, he eventually floats near the princess who is taking a bath. And the princess sees this basket and she sends one of her servants to go get it. And as the servant brings it up to her, she sees that in it is a Hebrew baby boy. And rather than having this child killed, as they were supposed to, she has pity on this baby. And Miriam sees what's ha what happens. She runs over to the princess and says, Princess, I don't know what she says, but I'm sure it was something like that. Princess, do, do you need a nurse for this baby, a Hebrew mom? And Miriam or the princess says, well, yeah, that would be awesome. So what does Miriam do? She brings Moses to Jacobed, Moses' mom. If God's not working the details out in this story, like, nothing else would make sense. Because this is crazy to me. And this is so how our God works. He is personal. He is always at work 
even in the moments when you don't see it, even in the moments when you don't feel it, actually, Jochebed wouldn't have had let Moses go, or what would have happened if she wouldn't have let Moses go and trusted God? He would have been killed. And that's exactly what she did. And God took care of all of the other details. God took care of all the rest because she was willing and obedient and trusted the Lord with her own son. Can I be honest with you about something? I really struggle with this. I really struggle with knowing, I know like God can do the impossible. Like I know that and I've seen that in my own life. But I really struggle with will he do the impossible. I know he can, but will he? Will he show up? Will he heal the sick? Will he heal those that are struggling with addiction? Will he heal broken families? Will he take away depression and anxiety? Will he provide? I struggle with those things. Maybe I'm the only one. I doubt that I am, but maybe I am. It's hard to trust when things are so big and seem so impossible. Like, I feel like so often we feel like we don't see God come through. But we forget that he's working behind the scenes with all the details literally all the time. And what if we stopped holding on to our worries and instead started putting our worries into God's hands and trusting him with those? I love this verse in Philippians 4, 6 through 7 with the message. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. What do you need to put into God's hands? What have you been trying to do on your own? What have you been trying to figure out on your own? What do you need to place in this basket and trust God with? Maybe it is your kids. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is an addiction. I don't know. But what is it that you need to trust God? Because what I'm learning is that I need to trust God and dismiss all of the what ifs. Because he is always working. And a lot of times, I don't see it. Trust God with what seems impossible. But trust God with all the little details. And my big so what today, because I do have a big so what. So if you forget everything else that I say, trust God means getting in the fight. And this is where I get fired up. I think sometimes we want to just sit around and wait for God to move and for God to work. And like, okay, God, I'm just waiting for you. Like, what are you going to do today? But trusting God looks a little bit more like these gloves. And you guys, these gloves make me want to be, I don't know, another person. Like, I just like want to fight when I have these gloves on. All right. Trusting God means getting in the fight. It starts with fighting to hear God's voice, blocking out all of the other distractions. I don't know what it is for you. What are the distractions in your life that keep your focus off of him? I've got a lot of them. And I need to see, we, I, we need to seek his face and his guidance. It starts by fighting. There are so many things that try to steal our, our attention. Are you willing to lay everything down at his feet and truly seek his face? Yeah. 
Like, really. Not just talk about it. I am so sick of people talking about it. It takes stinking work to be healthy and strong physically, mentally, spiritually. Are you going to put the work in? Or are you going to sit around and hope it happens? Because guess what? If you sit around and hope it happens, it's probably not going to happen. And you are going to be stuck in whatever it is that you're in. Trust God means getting in the fight. I want to be a Jacobed. I want to be a Jacobed. You want to know what is so crazy about this woman? Not only did she trust the Lord with her son's life and step into the fight, not only did this decision affect Moses and her family, but it literally affected generation after generation after generation. The Israelites were forever changed because of this one woman's willingness and obedience to trust Jesus. I want to be that woman. Do you? Because the way I live my life will affect my children's life. Am I willing to fight for it? Am I willing to fight for it? Ladies, put on your gloves and let's fight. Do you want to see family members find Jesus? Then fight for it. Do you want to be free of anxiety and depression that cripples you? Fight for it. Do you want to see people healed from sickness? Do you want to see people free of addiction? Do you want your lost children to find Jesus? Then you better stink and fight. You better fight for it. Trust God to do the impossible. Trust God to do the impossible. And it may not happen the way that you and I think it should, because chances are it won't. But if you are seeking the Lord first and foremost, then you can trust that his will will be done. I do believe miracles will happen. I question them, but I believe with everything in me that if we are seeking the Lord and pushing away all distractions, we are going to see miracles happen. And I'm not that kind of crazy person that thinks like, oh, I, like, I struggle with this. I believe that God could do the impossible because guess what? I've got no other choice in some things in my life but to believe and trust that God's going to do the impossible. And some of you in this room, you're here because this is what you do. You go to church or maybe you're here because someone invited you or maybe you're here and you have had a mask on for a very long time. Some of you are in this room and you're struggling with addiction. And maybe it's not like this obvious addiction. Maybe it's like, maybe you're not even acting in it right now. But it's something that has held you captive for your whole life. And it's something that you have to lay down daily. And you're like, why is it still there? Why am I still struggling with this? Why is it still in my head? Have you laid it down at God's feet and said, God, I give you this. I give you this. Some of you, you are in this room and you're struggling spiritually. You're like, I don't even know if I believe in God. Or I have lots of questions, but I don't want to ask them. Or I'm mad at God. I'm mad. There are bad things that happen. Amber, your stories are great. I haven't seen God's faithfulness. I'm sure you have. Sometimes you got to look a little harder. Sometimes you got to ask God to meet you right where you are. Some of you, you are struggling in your marriage. And Greg just preached a whole marriage series, and you're like, oh, that's so good. And you sat here and you listened and then you left and you did nothing about it. Are you going to fight for your marriage or are you just going to hope that something changes? It's not easy. It's not easy. But are you going to fight? Some of you, you are struggling with your kids and you have nowhere to turn. 
and you need a community to rally around you. Fight. Some of you, you're acting like you've already given up. Like, God, I've tried, God. He's failed me. I'm done. But you're still here. He still wants to meet you. He has way more for you. Are you willing to lay all those things, all those doubts, all those fears, all of those insecurities down at his feet? Don't just sit back and quit. Don't, but I was going to say I don't like quitters, but I mean that in a really loving way. <laughs> but don't sit back and quit. Fight. Fight. Maybe you need to get yourself some gloves to give you inspiration, but fight. Put on these gloves and fight. God's not done with you yet. He's not done with your story. He's made a way for you. There is no reason I should be up with you, here sharing with you because of all the crap I've done, all my whole past. But he's restored me. He has healed me. Fight. Sometimes the fight has to start with you. It has to start with you looking at your own life. Okay, what do I have to lay down? What do I, you guys, this last year, I had to lay a lot of things down. I had to fight for myself physically. I had to fight for myself spiritually. I had to fight for myself mentally. But it is worth the fight for my children, for my husband, for this church, for my friends, for people that I love. It is worth the fight. One of the things I'm learning that it, is that I need to ask God to do things in the degree that I know he can and he will do. I need to say, God, I'm going to ask you for the big stuff. Even when I doubt you, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to seek you. And so today, I have been praying as I prepared for this me message for miracles to happen. I don't want this to be just another church ser service. I want this to be a day where we are free of so many of the things that we have been carrying. The things that maybe you thought you already laid down, but they're creeping back up. God wants to move in your life. He wants you to be healed. And as the worship team comes forward, I want to leave you with just a few questions to ask yourself. Maybe you need to take a picture of the screen when they come up or write them down. I don't know, but reflect on these later. What is holding you back? Examine your own life. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's crippling you? What do you need to find, what do you need to place in this basket and trust God with? I know for me, I need to trust God with a lot of things right now. In circumstances that seem hopeless, in circumstances that don't make sense, I need to place them in the basket and say, God, I give those to you. I have to believe with everything in me that you've got a plan, that you've got a purpose. What is God calling you to do? And what is God calling you to fight? What is it that comes to your mind right away? Like, I got to fight. I got to fight. I could do better. 